Grace to you and peace from God our Father and our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. So on the third Sunday in Advent, it kind of stands out with a different sight and sound, deliberately. It comes with a similar color in tone, if you pay attention, during the season of Lent. We're over the halfway point in Advent. It happens in the fourth Sunday in Lent, with the same thing. The reason is very simple. It's, it's, it gives a little moment to celebrate the emphasis and theme of joy. Of course, not too long ago, you might remember opening gifts, I can remember as a kid, came with a surprise on Christmas that might also include joyful puzzlement. Here's what I mean. Questions when you open that gift were like, what is this? Or why did I get this? Or what was grandma thinking? Okay, I can remember those times. Now, Gift-giving today has been regulated with that kind of humor of puzzling over what was given more to what we call white elephant parties. That's more where we now put all those humorous gifts. And as you know, gift cards has taken over a lot of things. They're easy, fast, and the practical gift. And yet, here's some of the data, just to throw at you really quick. 17% of Americans would want to receive a gift card for the holidays. 51% of U.S. adults forget to redeem their gift cards. I'll take grandma's puzzling gift any day with that kind of stat. There's nothing cut and dry with joy as we idealize it. It's more than appeasing appetites of consumers. All our readings today, if you pay attention, deal with a joy proclaimed, spoken, but also kind of comes shrouded in a lot of mystery because all those texts are in difficult situations. John's the most obvious of what this means in our gospel reading. As the forerunner, he was to prepare the way of the Lord. His preaching led him to declare of Jesus these words in John chapter 1, This was he of whom I said, He who comes after me ranks before me, because he was before me. Waiting with expectation over Jesus did not leave John, though, untouchable. He crossed the line, as you know, with Herod. And it meant imprisonment. The joy of Advent is mystery to identify Jesus Christ in our life at all times as the coming one. The question today, as you know, is all about how do you identify? But John had a more mysterious question. His disciples were sent to ask, are you the one who is to come or shall we look for another? It was not the emptiness like the atheist who doesn't look to God for anything. Okay? Instead, it dealt with the mystery tied to the Messiah as being the coming one. John knew what the Old Testament celebrated. You said it today in our, gra in our, in our uh, gradual, but Psalm 118, Blessed is he 
who comes in the name of the Lord. That isn't just an abstract phrase. That was a title of the coming one. The coming one did not align to what John felt in jail, facing, as we know, an impending death, and how wickedness, frankly, it won the day, because John would lose his head. Self-identification leaves sinners in a prison of their own making, and that's what's happening today with a lot of this stuff going on. How do you identify? It's making a prison based upon your own perceptions and your own things. But the baptized in Christ also must make and must ask a mysterious question. It arises not merely by life going differently than we all plan. We can share that with even unbelievers. Well, I didn't see my life go this way. It's more than that. It's about in those sufferings we cannot escape from or even explain. Beyond bodily ailments and a bad economy is the outcome of confessing Jesus and upholding God's word for life and salvation. Today, the media seems more powerful upon people than the word of God proclaimed. Raising a Christian family has its own kind of isolation, some of you know personally, from society. You're kind of put in a corner. Even children and youth are now met with contempt when not self-identifying, but taking heart in how God made them a male or a female. And they're put down because of that. Turning inward is always certain doom. So the question keeps coming to Jesus from our lives individually and even as a church, keeps coming the question, are you the one who is to come or shall we look for another? Jesus reveals the mystery, of course, of his identity to be the coming one as promised. There's almost, if you notice in the text today, a joy that flows over the answer that that John, to John's question, because it says, in that very hour, Jesus did a great deal of miracles, and he did it all out of his own will. He's like, okay, I'll just do a bunch of stuff right now, because this is what God does out of grace, and I'm going to give it to you as a perfect example of what that means. It confirmed the Old Testament. Word of God has promised about the coming one, and Isaiah especially has an awful lot to say about that, and what he would do, heal the sick, Raise the dead, blind see, all that stuff. And Jesus also made John's disciples his messengers. For God had become man. And the coming one told them, Go and tell John what you have seen and heard. It wasn't just talking to any other man to give a message to somebody else. This was God saying, You go tell him. Exactly what God is doing for men. For all the glories shared the last by Jesus was the most important to John. You heard what he said. The poor have good news preached to them. You know that what the poor there isn't just about poverty, it's about repentant. 
Those who repent, that's line of lines with John's whole ministry. The poor have good news preached to them. Even poor John would hear that good news. More than facing the same old story of the prophets, because the same old story of the prophets was always suffering and many times death. But John was preparing the way of the Lord. Still in prison, he was preparing the path of what would lead Jesus to his own punishment and death on a cross. And so Jesus said, blessed is the one who is not offended by me. John wasn't out of a job. He was still doing it. He just didn't see that. It looked a little differently. What makes the coming one necessary for us today? That's the question. Jesus takes us in no easy way or answers our pains. But joy flows out from him to guard us in ways that we do not know or see. Luther says it this way. Reason knows of no peace except that which comes when evil ceases. Is that what you're waiting for? All evil to cease in the world? Because Luther says, but those who rejoice in God are satisfied that they have peace with God. We can never fit Jesus into our pictures because our pictures are not so perfect as we think they should be and how they should look. Because he invites us into his glory, which is able to defend us by the gift of God's great love, and that is a perfect picture, and you're part of it. Jesus is the promised seed of the woman. Genesis chapter 3. And the mystery revealed over sin, death, and Satan has now come to us. We know more than John. Because Jesus died and rose and he's ascended with great glory. And so God approaches our life with his peace. For the Lord, as it said in the Old Testament, has taken away the judgments against you. He has cleared away your enemies. Doesn't feel like it. Doesn't seem like it with your sins and struggles. Even with death as the greatest of enemies. But it's all taken away. And life has been given to you. As the coming one, Jesus gives a new identity wrapped up in that joyful mystery. What John received by witness of his disciples turned God's vengeance, his vindication, his justice. It turned it over to Jesus, who came to give forgiveness and compassion. John wasn't that kind of a preacher. Jesus was that preacher. God so, has sheltered Christ's church from age to age in his holy word and sacraments. We can shout as we say, let me hear what God the Lord will speak. For he will speak peace to his people, his saints. But let them not turn back to folly, to foolishness. So now in baptism, you have a mystery poured upon your lives by God's grace. A struggle to hear and see at all times, but no less a blessing. St. Paul says it quite well. For you have died. And your life 
is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. Advent is the reality of the old creation. That's why it takes that tone. Because it's an old creation that's passing away. But another mysterious joy is active by faith and with love because a new day is already dawning. It's coming because of Christ. It is more than cherishing the Christmas story. That's always good to teach the children and always good to put up in our homes. And it's far more than the traditions that help teach and witness um, the honor to God's living word among us. A mystery waits to be revealed. For our Lord says with joy from his heavenly throne, Behold, I am making all things new. Jesus brings his supper with that newness to eat and to drink with faithfulness to you. So if you feel that today, like John felt in his own prison with your sin, with the fear of death, with the amount of evil in the world, then flee the Lord's Supper, by golly. Take it more often. Because the one who is least in the kingdom of God is greater than John. And that's how Jesus comes into our lives and what he brings to us to eat and to drink of that kingdom. The question of John still drives us to Jesus. Isn't that wonderful? You live from a new identity given to body and soul, blessed by the coming one. A gift no darkness can overcome. Whatever ways we end up giving gifts, be it for practicality, efficiency, or maybe some joyful puzzlement, however that may be in our lives, God visits to lift up hearts in his Son. And the gifts he gives of grace do not change, and it's all for our good. The joy of Advent is mystery. To identify Christ in our life at all times as the coming one. Amen. The peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Amen.